Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Keep up with the latest headlines from Austin and beyond on the all-new Talk1370.com. Stay informed with the latest news, weather, contests, and more. It's all just a click away at Talk1370.com. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk 1370. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That is the Constitution of the United States of America, signed into practice 1789. I'm joined by Michael Cargill of Central Texas Gunworks, also Michael Zimmerman, who is also a gun advocate. You've probably seen some of his guns featured in some of our InfoWars videos here. And we're going to talk about some legislation here in Texas that is trying to get constitutional carry allowed in Texas. Now, Michael, my point here is, why should we even have to fight for this legislation? I thought the Constitution already applied. You got it. Shall not be infringed. Uh, currently, right now, we can uh, actually have a handgun in Texas with a handgun license. Uh, we can conceal carry that handgun. We can openly carry that handgun, but with a license. What we're trying to get done now is get constitutional carry passed. There's a difference between constitutional carry and also permitless carry. Constitutional carry is what Vermont what Vermont has. Uh, you go to the state of Vermont, you can carry your handgun, your long gun, openly or concealed, and you don't need a license for it. Uh, permitless carry, that comes with some types of restrictions. You know, because you know they're going to say, hey, well, you have to have this or this or that, and then you can actually carry your handgun or long gun or whatever. So we're trying to get close to constitutional carry. That is what we need here in the state of Texas. And currently, Texas is ranked number 26 in the United States when it comes to being pro-Second Amendment. 26. That means that we're in the bottom of the United States. We're not in the top five. We're not in the top 10. We're not even in the top 20 on that list, 26. And what we're trying to get done is get, uh, there's HB 375, which is a constitutional carry bill that's by Representative Jonathan Stickland. That is a good bill, has a lot of stuff in it. It's not a perfect bill, but I, I would like for that bill to be passed. Also, we have another bill that's House Bill 1911. Now, that sounds great, right? 1911. You would think, wow, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. My God, the, the, the gods have answered our prayers, right? 1911. Well, no, we're actually getting screwed with this bill with no grease whatsoever. What they're trying to do is this is a bill that's been sponsored by State Representative, John, um, State Representative White. And what it does, it says that if you've been charged with a Class A or B misdemeanor, you will lose your gun rights. That's how that bill came out. If you're charged, not convicted, but charge, if you pay your child support late, if you owe back child support, you lose your gun rights. That's what these, you know, this, there's a whole list of things. And so 
Then we complained about this, you know, as loud as we possibly could. So then State Representative White actually changed the bill. He came out with a committee substitute. He said, OK, fine. So this past Tuesday, he made these changes and it's still not there yet. So now if you're charged with a felony charge, it doesn't take much to get charged. <clears throat> I can walk outside this door right now and get charged with something, a felony, and I will lose my gun rights. Our attorney general right now has been charged with a felony, Ken Paxton. He's been charged. That means that if this bill was law today, he would not have his handgun rights in his vehicle at all. And he probably needs those rights. Absolutely. He's you the know, attorney general. And it's funny because that actually is a wider ranging issue where in other states, Missouri, for example, they're trying to make it where if you get charged with any sort of misdemeanor or crime or anything that's uh, relating to sexual abuse or exposing yourself in public or anything like that, just charged. Again, just charged. Think about how many athletes and people have false rape accusations put on them. All they have to do is get charged, and now that's on their record. Now they're looked at as a sexual predator, even if it was a false accusation. That's exactly what you're talking about. Even if somebody makes up a false accusation against you, it's just a charge. No conviction, nothing that sticks, but now that charge you can't have your gun. That's more infringing on the Second Amendment. Absolutely. You're not getting your day in court yet. You've just been charged. That's all we're saying. And so you're going to lose your gun rights until you get your day in court. And, you know, this gets wiped out. And that, that's unacceptable. That is unacceptable. We cannot stand for anything like that in the state of Texas. This is Texas, the Lone Star State. Uh, we This shall not be infringed. How much do you not understand that? We have a Republican-controlled Senate. We have a Republican-controlled House. We have a Republican governor. We should not have to get down on our knees and beg the crown to allow us to have our gun rights. We should not have to beg for this. We have Republicans that are in office. This should be a piece of cake. should be a walk in the park. This is unacceptable. Absolutely. It's number two, amendment number two. And they're talking about revoking people's constitutional rights without due process, you know, yeah. without having your day in court. That's that's unbelievable. <laughs> and, and you're somebody I mean, you, you like to collect the guns. You go shooting a lot. I like the fact that you actually have a license. And if we go out, you know, you can protect us if anything goes down. And let's say that, you know, someone wants to charge you with something completely made up that you've never sure. done uh, just because we're out on the street shooting a video and they happen not to like our political views. That I could see that uh, happening. Now, all of a sudden, you can't carry your gun. Your right has just been infringed. Yeah, I don't think it's very difficult to get charged with a Cosby misdemeanor. No. And then, and then let's let's even get a little lighter here. Let's say now currently right now you can have your handgun in your vehicle. And you can go out after work today. You can have a drink. Okay. You have a gun in your vehicle. Let's say you don't have a handgun license. Okay. So now you've had that drink, got your gun in your vehicle. You don't have a license. It's 0.08, correct? Is the legal limit. Yeah. Well, before you get a DWI, 0.08. Well, when this bill goes into effect, this bill actually says that, hey, the 0.08 goes away. You're held to that same standard as a license holder. So on September the 1st, it's no, there's no more 0.08. That means that if you're intoxicated, that's up to the officer to decide whether or not you're intoxicated or not. If you're intoxicated, then that officer can charge you with a Class A misdemeanor. See, this is the minutia of what they try to do to take away our guns. See, when, when we say that, oh, they want to take away our guns, people think that they're just going to come to our front door, knock on the door and say, that's our gun. You can't have it anymore. No, they pass little legislation like this, these little minute, minute things that you just don't think are very big. They don't seem to make sense to you. Maybe in your walk of life, you could never understand how that could be an issue. But it's the overarching. It's the goal. It's the chip, chip, 
chip away and then eventually it gets to you too and it's for me like i said shall not be infringed we all have the constitution i don't need and you know what? i'll bring this up i got this that i just realized too you know the left is always saying we can't have voter id laws it's racist or it's sexist or it's this that or the other thing we've always had the left say that wait a second if you have to get a concealed carry license to carry a handgun in texas that class costs money that's not a free class that class costs time that's, you know, so I think that's elitist legislation. Yes, absolutely. I think this is elitist legislation to keep poor people from having guns. How about that? Absolutely. And then and here's here's another icing on the cake. If you are a veteran and or you served our, our country and you've been diagnosed with PTSD, that means under his bill, House Bill 1911, uh, the, the bill that's supposed to solve all our problems, House Bill 1911 says that, hey, you will lose your gun rights. You're going to have to petition a judge Let's say you have a handgun license. You have to petition a judge in order to be able to get your rights back, especially if you're charged with a felony. You'll have to go to that judge and say, hey, in Travis County, in Austin, the most liberal, the liberal mecca in the state of Texas, and beg for a liberal judge to allow you to keep your gun rights here in Texas. And that is unacceptable. And in Texas, like you said, this is the Lone Star State. You wouldn't expect that uh, to be the case. Now, I'm sure you've experienced this, and I don't know if you've experienced this too, Michael. I know uh, you go to gun ranges frequently. Have you ever... Uh, you, I know that you have classes, so I'm sure you've experienced this, but the first time, you know, a liberal gets a gun or somebody that is just scared of guns, you know, just overall they're scared of guns. That's why they want the gun legislation because it's bad. They're scared of it. Have you guys ever seen that moment with that person where they learn how to fire a gun? They learn about gun safety. They learn how it's used. And then just it's like a light clicks in their head. Like, yeah, why? We don't need all this legislation. This is a right. Absolutely. Uh, they fire that gun for the first time and, and they realize it's not as bad as they thought it was. It's not as bad as, you know, the TV tells them that it is. Uh, wow, this is about freedom. This is about liberty. Oh, my goodness. I can actually protect myself inside my home and I don't need to call a police officer or carry a police officer on my back or anything like that. Absolutely. You know, it, it's funny. You know, you get them to the range and then they change that. They change their minds or they get uh, they are victim of a crime. They'll definitely change your mind. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. What about what about you? Have you seen this before? Yeah, people definitely get that sense of em empowerment. And obviously guns are something you have to be very safe about. And that's something that instructors like Michael drill into people. You know, you, gun safety is first and foremost. But being able to protect yourself, like you said, uh, it is so essential. Because the police won't be there at 3 in the morning when someone's trying to break into your home. Yeah, what is the saying? Police are minutes away um, when emergency yeah, when, second, or when yeah. seconds matter or something. Yeah, police, police are, are minutes, minutes away when seconds matter. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. We know Austin traffic can be a challenge. Come on, I can drive a tank through that gap. Put your foot on the gas and move it. Beat the commute with time saver traffic. Mornings and afternoons on Talk 1370, the right choice. On air, online, and on your smart device. Talk 1370 is the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. I thank you for bringing this up. I know that you've got a lot of people that come to your gun store, Texas Gun Works, a lot of people that take your classes, so I'm sure you're trying to spread this legislation. 
But, you know, like you said, it's just it's so frustrating. We're going to talk about some guns. If you've got some questions uh, for Michael here of Texas Gunworks or if you just got some just general gun stories you want to tell. You know, it, it's just like you said, it sucks that you feel like I have to come up here and I have to kiss the boots mm. of some politician just to just to get my rights. If it pleases the crown, I would love to have my gun rights, please. You have to get down to your knees at the Texas State Capitol. This is Texas, the Lone Star State. I can't say that enough. We should not have to beg anyone to give our gun rights to us. And this is something that we've been doing ever since the 1800s, step by step by step, you know, a little bit at a time. We shouldn't have to get a little bit of the time. You know, we shouldn't have to fight like we did back in 1995. We shouldn't have to fight like we did in, in 1997. We should have to fight what we did in, in 2015. Uh, there, you know, we're making these changes, but they're just not enough. We need to do this right now. Uh, and, and also on the national level, you know, we're trying to get uh, suppressors removed from the NFA list. That needs to happen. Currently, right now, we have a Republican uh, Congress. We have a Republican Senate. We have a Republican president. Let's get suppressors removed from the NFA list and, and let's get this done within the next year. Uh, also, we need to have the, re, the concealed carry reciprocity bill. We need to be able to carry our handguns in other states, just like a driver's license. Your license should be recognized in every single state. We have a Republican controlled leadership now in D.C. This needs to get done within the next year. We don't need to wait for this. The time is now. I'm pretty sure the Constitution still is, uh, it, it goes for every state too, last I checked. Michael? Well, they love to gradually uh, erode our rights. They pushed forward something like this 1911 bill here. And yes, they're giving Which most some, people probably won't even read. Sure, of course not. They're giving some extra things that weren't previously there, and they're calling it constitutional carry. But then they're putting stuff that's extremely dangerous, like the ability to take away your gun rights. So simply. And, and it doesn't take much, you know, it doesn't take much for an officer to pull you over on the side of the road and, and start, you know, ripping those rights away. Yeah. So with all this stuff that's lined out here, also, in addition, that means that when a police officer pulls you over under this bill, House Bill 1911, that officer is going to have to verify this information. Not to verify. Well, has this person been diagnosed with PTSD? OK, well, has this person gotten a divorce where they have a restraining order? Uh, well, you know, have they been charged with something? You know, they have to verify this information. So now if an officer wants to mess with you, they can pull you over the side of the road for quite a while or maybe take you to jail and detain you until they can verify all this information. And there's a waiting process, too. I remember uh, I, I was purchasing a gun in the state of Texas. And OK, right. They asked for you, uh, asked for your ID. Absolutely. I'll prove I'm a citizen. No problem. The problem was you had to have a Texas ID. So now you're and again, this is where it all comes down back to the Constitution for me. So now I'm in a waiting process to get my Texas ID before I can even purchase my firearm. That took a you know a process of a week. You know, this is a situation uh, where I actually had somebody put um, some of my information out on the Internet, which mm. is what sparked me to get this gun because uh, I didn't bring anything uh, from with me when I travel here. L luckily, I got it now. So I was like, I need to go get it real quick. This is a necessity. I don't have it. And I had to wait for that process. This is just more of that. It's just more waiting. Just, you know, it's like if somebody is in a situation where they want a gun now, mm. they shouldn't have to wait. No, you're you know? absolutely right. You, you should have to. You should be able to walk in that <clears throat> store. As long as you can possess that firearm, then you should be able to be able to get it and also carry it with you. Uh, we need to make sure we're taking care of our veterans. We need to take care of people that are 18, 19, and 20 years old. You can die for this country. There's no reason why if you can die for your country, give your, your, your life for this country, you should be able to protect yourself while you're here in the United States. Absolutely. Michael? I took my uh, concealed handgun license class, or license to carry, rather, for because it's open and concealed carry, with Michael 
in January of last year, and I sent off all my paperwork to the state of Texas, and they took 95 days to actually wow. send me my license. And what's the requirement? They're supposed to issue within wow, 60, 30, 60 days. 60 yeah, days. Crazy. Yeah. Took yeah, they took days. 95 days. Wow. Breaking their own rules wow. to issue me a gun license. It took me less time to get a passport and a visa. <laughs> wow. And like half that time. And I thought that that would take longer. But that's what they do. Again, they're not going to come to the front door and rip the gun out of your hand. They're going to try to chip, chip, chip away with little legislation like this. Phone lines are open. 1-877-789-2539. 1-877-789-2539. Is that Alex? Is 2539 Alex? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's one eight seven 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 eight nine. Yeah, yeah, one eight seven seven eight nine. Alex, that's so much easier to say. We've got is that Cod Cod in Michigan who wants to talk about the chipping away of our rights. Let's take our first caller of the show. Go ahead, Cod. Hey, how's it going, guys? Keep up the good work. And um, oh, and I want to thank you for accepting uh, Mister News uh, job offer. I was I was watching that day. Brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> a tear to your eye. Well, well, thank you. That means a lot. Glad to be here. Yeah, I want to talk about the chipping away of our rights, not just our gun rights, but I'll give you a quick example. Uh, I was I was clearing shopping down at TSC and uh, wanted to buy uh, an air rifle, and it's just a one seven seven air rifle. I go to buy it, and it was actually for my wife to do some planking with, and they wanted my birthday, and I gave them my birthday, and then they went to ring it up. And they wanted my driver's license. And I'm like, well, try that. We're just giving them my birthday. You don't need my driver's license for a BB gun. Yeah, right. Oh, I couldn't purchase a BB gun without my driver's license. You know, maybe if, like, a young child came up and tried to purchase that, I might say, okay, check for a license or something. But, I mean, you sound like a grown man. You have a wife. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, and then, you know, I would go to Walmart to buy a can of spray paint, and they want my driver's license. Hey, but get this, though. They want to pass legislation so that you can vote without ID. You can't even buy a can of spray paint. My man tries to buy a can of spray paint. He's got to show ID. He could go vote 100 times, not have to show it once. Go ahead, Todd. Yeah, and, and, and it was the same thing. They had some little, you know, cheap old folding knives, you know, on clearance and uh uh Well, uh, yeah, you look like you're 16. I'm like, wait a minute. i got to be 16 years old to buy a pocket knife? <laughs> I remember I used to have to get ID to buy a lighter. Oh, wow. Because, because I mean, hey, look, I, I mean, we were dumb kids when we were teenagers. And when we were by the age of 13, we found out how to almost blow our hands off with fireworks. <laughs> so they said, we're not going to sell these kids lighters. But that's ridiculous. Anything else, Cod? Well, uh, it's, you know, it's like you said, the chip, chip, chipping away of our rights. And everybody's just so blase. Uh, well, who cares? I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, so why should I care? Keep up the good work, guys. Yeah, until, thank you for the call, until it reaches their front doorstep, most people really just, uh, they just don't care. And that's the sad truth of it. Let's go to Daniel in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He wants to talk about the, oh, it looks like we just lost him. Daniel hung up. That's too bad. He had wanted to talk about the elitist legislation. That means you have to take a, a course just to have a concealed carry. That's elitist legislation by my measurements. Let's go to Shane, who wants to talk about gun rights. Go ahead, Shane. All right, hold on. Now we've got, I think, Shane, maybe. Well, let's, well, let's hold on a second. Um, Got it, guys. It is expensive. So what's the, the current cost? I know classes you know, vary in price, but with the state alone, what is the cost 
Currently, right, right now, the the state fee for Texas is one forty. It actually and the this is just highest. for the class. This no, no, is no. just just for, for your license. Just for the check. license. Okay, okay. Background check for the license. So one hundred and forty dollars license. Yeah. I mean, come on. The tax. The tax is one hundred and forty to get your handgun license. You have to. Hey, you have to pay for your constitutional right. Yes. Hey, what he was talking about earlier and with suppressors. That's two hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and you have to wait. Eight, tax. nine months or more. $200 tax. That yeah, is $200 tax stamp. And again, this is a piece just, of metal. And that's what I'm saying. This is just a tool. This is just a piece of the gun. And, and, and liberals will tell you, they will tell you that, well, suppressors, you know, we don't want them to pass because they're going to be so silent. And that's not true. You know, you, you put a silencer or a suppressor on. I know we call it a silencer or a suppressor. You put that on a firearm, you're still going to hear the gunshot. It's not going to be totally silent. It only suppresses the, the, the but I saw the James Bond. He fired. <laughs> he fired seventeen sniper rounds off without making a sound. That's what I had to stop that from getting into the hands of crazy people. Oh, oh my gosh! But no, you have to pay for your right to uh, bear arms. It's absolutely ridiculous. All right, let's go to Shane now. Shane in Boise. Go ahead, Shane. I don't know. I it really irritates me with the liberals trying to take everybody's gun rights, and they've done it for years. I mean, that's why we, like felons, can't have firearms anymore. <laughs> It's not because they were afraid, oh, they're going to go out and commit a crime. It was because the liberals came out and they were like, oh, well, we want to stop certain people from being able to vote and certain people from being able to have a gun and certain people that be able to do this. And those are what's known as the Jim Crow laws. Mm. You're right. It's it's all it's all about control. You're absolutely right. Control and the Jim Crow laws that go all the way back to the 1800s. And everybody's like, oh, Republicans are racist. No, let's look. Let's look at who founded these laws. It wasn't Republicans. And and that's the thing, too. You know, I, I've talked to uh, people like uh, Reverend Jesse Peterson, who says that he thinks that modern day racism is worse because it's racist against all humans. They want to control all of us now. They do. And then, sadly enough, I, just, I don't think that there's ever going to be a time where they come back and they say, oh, well, now we can give felons firearms back. I happen to live in Idaho, which, is, as far as I know, is the only state that has constitutional character. We don't have to have a concealed weapons permit to be able to carry concealed. And that should be how it is in every state, by my measurement, by my understanding of the Constitution. Now, liberals take a contorted view of the Constitution, obviously. Well, these, these are the same people that like to say, well, that was supposed to only apply to muskets. <laughs> well, see, and that's the thing, too. OK, you know what? I'll even I'll even hear that point. But it still doesn't make the principle any different. It's the principle of having the right to protect yourself sure i don't know if the founding fathers knew that they could make a weapon that would spray 300 bullets in five, you know a minute or whatever it is they did though but they, but that's not the point to me the point to me it, uh, sure i'm sure they did look at how forward thinking they are with the rest of their legislation so i'll buy it. but the, my point is it's about the right to defend yourself this is how you can show that liberals are so two-faced they will talk about gun legislation and gun control all day long standing behind armed guards yep mm. yes that's it. I mean, that shows you everything. Or like some California politicians running guns, but oh, you know. I mean, I'm here. I mean, <laughs> now it's locked. Let's up. see. Yeah. Let's see, Michael. You, uh, you, you probably are around hundreds of guns every day. Every day. You are around hundreds of of um, discharges every day. Every day. And magically, here you are. Oh my goodness. And all of your, I'm sure that all the people that take your classes are great too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I tell people in in class, I'll, I'll sit a gun on the table. I say that gun is not going to go off by itself. It's not going to go off unless that trigger is manipulated. Unless you put your finger on the trigger, then that gun will be discharged. Wait, like I can a hammer? Gun here all day long. I can fire, fire. What's going to happen? It's not going to fire unless you pull the trigger. Unbelievable. Even going back to even going back to when they when they said, "Oh, you know that was 
the uh, again Second Amendment was written with muskets in in mind. No, because in 1722, and I just looked this up. I I had to get my facts straight. But in 1722, they came out with the Pucko gun, and it was the first machine gun. Yeah, it was still flint lock, and yes, it was still, you know, you had to be able to load the rounds into it, but you could fire off. I think 30 rounds, oh, 11 rounds in one load. So they well, knew that something like that was going to break into the scene. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. And I, I think that just looking at how a lot of the original construction of the Constitution was and everything, that they were very forward thinking with all of their policies. So I'm, I'm not discounting what you're saying. I, I just to me, it's the right to protect yourself that is the second amendment and they just say that the right to bear arms i mean what does that mean i have arms are they talking about literal arms i mean you can see here and talk semantics about that. of any kind really. exactly yeah so but, the, but that's the other thing if if you've got uh you know somebody coming after you with an, a fully automatic weapon okay well that's a criminal that didn't obey the law why should i have to cater to the law when the criminal obviously is not going to cater to the law and then i essentially become a victim of this law that was unconstitutional I mean, that's that's how I look at it. But the Second Amendment, when it was originally written, it was, you know, the Second Amendment was the right to bear arms to protect yourself from a tyrannical government. And that's it. Protect yourself from another entity. Thank you for the call, Shane. Another entity above you, the king, the crown, the government, whatever it is, that entity over you that says that they control your rights. They decide, no, you are over them. That's what the entire Constitution is about. Let's take one more call. Let's do Perry. He's here in Austin. Go ahead and take Perry. Perry in Austin, Texas. Go ahead, Perry. Hey, Owen. Yeah, I was just trying to call here to, to explain. Uh, basically, they've totally rewritten the Second Amendment without even amending it. Um, today, the Second Amendment basically says militias are illegal. As the police state has basically replaced the free state, the privilege of citizens 21 years are older, uh, make, uh, possess the firearms that the government uh, says themselves, um, you know, that they dictate. Um, that can change at any time. Um, Non-felons, uh, all kind of stuff. George Washington was a felon to the British government. Um, the only time they can restrict any of our rights is if we're either incarcerated or dead. And that's basically my point of view about it. You know, and I, as you're sitting here talking about this, I don't know why my thought process went here. Thank you for the call, Perry. I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts on this. I have, everybody probably has at least some form of an emergency kit, you know, just kind of like a pack-and-go kit. Just something, bug a little something, bag. bug out bag, right? Most, most people that are awake have some form of that, whether it be a big deal or a little deal. I don't know about you guys, but mine includes a shotgun. <laughs> I would guess everyone includes a firearm. Absolutely. Uh, you, sh you should have a firearm. Yeah, you might you have, have all firearms. <laughs> you need to have a long gun, a handgun. You need to have a bunch of ammunition. You need to have some food, some water, your supplies. Absolutely. And be ready to get out of town, get out of Dodge as fast as possible. It's a necessity, folks. And that's why they included it in the Constitution. Michael Zimmerman, Michael Cargill. Final words uh, for me there, you guys? I, I need people to contact Representative White's office right now. Call him. we got an hour left before they leave for the weekend. And give and all let those him details. Know to him get, rid all of, of them. get rid of that bill. It's 512-463-0490. Call him right now and say, get rid of this bill. That's 512-463-0490. Yeah, 512-463-0490. 512-463-0490. 512-463-0490. 512-463-0490. 512-463-0490. 512-463-0490. 512-463-0490. 512-463-0490. 512-463-0490. 512-463-0490. 512-463-0490. 512-463-0490
our politicians are not used to hearing from you. When I started, when I first started getting active in this, I started calling politicians around 2014. I could, I was shocked that I actually got through to them. Like they actually were like, hello. And you're like, hi, this is a constituent. I didn't like what they did with, they're like, what? Who? Wait, you exist? They're shot. <laughs> call these people, folks. They want to hear from you. Yeah. Well, the way they look at that is if a hundred people call them, they know that that means a hundred thousand people. And those are voters. A hundred thousand voters. Yeah. So even just a small number of people calling in will make a big difference. Big difference. Light them up. That's 512-463-0490. Light them up. That's Michael Cargill from the Texas Gunworks here in Texas. That's Michael Zimmerman, our cameraman. Thank you guys so much. What a great segment. And uh, thank you for bringing this up. This is an important issue that we had to get out there today. So make sure all of you in Texas reach out to Representative White. Peace. This is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. If every talk radio program were the same, what would be the point? The Michael Berry Show is a little bit different. We're going to talk about politics, but we'll also talk about how great it is to live in Texas. Weekdays, 5 to 7 on Talk 1370. It's the Michael Berry Show. Making talk radio great again. Somebody has to come out and tell it like it is. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we have some breaking news today. We have a Taser on the show. We actually have the VP of Strategic Communications, Steve Tuttle. Uh, Steve is on the show today, and he's going to tell us about some breaking news coming from Taser. So, Steve, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Oh, it's great to be here. I was saying, so, Steve, uh, you made two major significant announcements uh, this week. Can you tell me about those? Well, these are sort of off the chart for us because, as everybody knows, Taser, it's sort of an iconic name. They've seen it in the movies, and they've seen it on the belts of every police officer in the United States, practically, and it's known worldwide. We changed our name from Taser International to Axon, and that was a pretty big move and very bold move by us that we announced yesterday. It was effective today on the stock market. We even changed our trading symbol. So we did that in conjunction yesterday with also announcing that we are going to offer all police department officers free body cameras for one year with unlimitedevidence.com back-end service, which is our digital evidence management system. And those two were a one-two punch that sort of rocked the law enforcement world, hit the business world with the name change and the offer, and it, I think it probably surprised a lot of people here in Arizona that know Taser is one of the bigger manufacturers here. So it was a big, big event for us. Wow. So now I, I need to welcome to the show uh, the VP of Strategic Communications from Axon. <laughs> That's right. And I'll tell you, I've had more troubles trying to answer the phone today after 23 years of saying Taser International and to say Axon is quite a more formidable thing than I've had dealing with reporters all day. Oh, wow. So now how would this impact policing? Well, it's going to impact policing significantly in terms of the body camera offer because we're really breaking some eggs to make an omelet here to get free cameras out there for a year trial. That's just unheard of. We've done some free trials here for like 25 officers at a time, maybe a handful here, six weeks, maybe three months. Not a whole year, not unlimited access. And when we're all said and done, there's no gimmick. They can return the equipment at no cost. They get all the evidence back. So this is a real amazing way to do procurement the right way. Instead of using procurement standards in which you get brochures, good piece of paper, you, you, you try and battle it out with costs, you nip and tuck there, you don't compare apples to apples, 
most of the agencies rarely test the actual cameras in the field, and if they do, it's for a very short period of time. We're trying to flip that on its head and say, you're going to test drive this car. Instead of driving around the block to see if it turns right and stops, we're going to make you drive it for a year and to see all the benefits and the return on the investment. We know it gives better behavior on both sides of the badge, and we know that drops complaints, and we know that drops use of force, and that's been proven statistically in case studies. So this is a win-win for everybody to test this for a year, and we're encouraging all our competitors to make this hyper-competitive, get the cameras in the hands of the same people. Let's test these cameras out and go head-to-head. Now, is this just is this for all police officers? All police officers that want to do a trial of this particular camera, absolutely. And we're getting a lot of calls from agencies that have been sort of stuck with budgetary constraints. They want to just get them out there. And that's the thing. We're trying to rush these tools out there for a reason. 21st century policing is is really screaming to get better technology in the hands of these officers who quite often have better technology at home. And in the Pew report that just came out recently, they're undermanned. They feel like they're doing upwards of two-thirds of their time doing paperwork, and they don't have the technology they need. So this really takes care of those needs, and it does it now. So this is a pretty powerful powerful service and offer that we're doing. And when they do that, I think they're going to experience all the results that we see at other agencies. They're going to be very happy with having better evidence to stop some of these unfounded claims, and it lets them do their job. You know, if you'd asked anybody like seven years ago, eight years ago, they would have said this is Big Brother. Now these guys are clamoring to get these videos because they're being filmed all the time, but they're not capturing all the the context of what's happening. And these cameras do that, and it protects them. All right, so if the officers officers department don't opt in, can they have an individual account? Well, we're really going to have to make sure that the agencies know what's going on because you have to have general orders and guidelines and training for this. And you have to know when to turn the cameras on and turn them off. So it has to be at the agency level. So that's where we want to see it. Now, we're going to get a lot of individual calls, but their department's going to have to approve it. Okay. Now, the, the company name change is a major change from a household word. Uh, so tell me more <laughs> about the name change. Well, this has been kind of taking place for the last couple of years. Our, our CEO noodled on this a, a while back, and I was sort of horrified. And then the more I thought about it, the more it makes sense. If someone says, what's Taser, they don't think Taser the company. They think Taser the stun gun. They think Hangover. They think the movies. They don't think of this company that's doing all these amazing things in technology. They don't think of the body cameras. And then there's a lot of market clarity and ambiguity here that we want to fix because a lot of times we've got access to these chiefs and we come in with our Taser weapons and they say, oh, have you seen our Axon body? They're like, oh, yeah, that looks great. We Who's Axon? Is that, did, you go, did you buy them? No, we made that. That's our separate brand. And so there's a lot of confusion here. So we want to really say that, you know, we've got this flagship product called Taser. That's not going away, it, but it's one of many products that we have. And that's really the story that we're trying to tell is that Axon is all things about not just body cameras and Taser weapons. It's people, devices, and apps that plug into a connected network, which is sort of akin to your own axon nerve fibers in your body. It's the smallest communication system in your body. And with this back end of evidence.com, that actually powers our weapons. That's where all the trilogy logs go. Those are logs that record the time, date, and duration of all their uses that backs up an officer of when they use their taser. It's got all the, the important logs like pulse logs, how much electricity was delivered. And all those go into evidence.com. The cameras go into the axon.com or evidence.com, but so do our new axon fleet in-car cameras. 
Sodora Axon interview room cameras. And we're getting into artificial intelligence. We just bought two companies called Dextro and Misfit. And we're using their core real value of of artificial intelligence to learn to extrapolate data out of these videos so that we can cut back on the paperwork the officers are doing. So imagine if our cameras could look at a driver's license and extrapolate the written language in there and fill out the report for the officer. Well, now he's not spending as much time on the keyboard. And imagine if we're able to extract information through the interview process, that it starts translating what's being said. Now the report becomes paperless at some point and much more colorful when it's in video and audio. And instead of spending two-thirds of their time on a keyboard, which I'm quite certain almost every police officer did not sign up to say, I want to be at my keyboard for two-thirds of the time, it'll take that time and allow them to police more. And then some people come back as critics and say, well, this just is making RoboCop. No, it's not. It's getting the police officer back in the street to do community policing and to protect the citizens. And I think that's really what's really key here. All right, so do you think this is going to drag either you guys into court or the officers more into court because of this? No, we're actually seeing less litigation, and we're seeing far less complaints. Uh, there was a seminal piece of work done by Cambridge University in Rialto, California, and that's a suburb of Los Angeles. And they look at the impacts of our, of our Axon Flex cameras, and they found they had an 88% drop in complaints. That's whopping. And when they looked at that, I said, gosh, it's too bad they didn't kind of monetize that. How much did that save them? Well, I talked to the chief, and he said, well, you have to keep track of those complaints. I can monetize that. Let me get back to you. So we hired a law firm. It saved on an average of $20,000 per complaint. The complaints alone saved them enough money to pay for the cameras alone. And then they had a 54% drop in use of force. Well, if you're not hitting someone with a nightstick, tackling to the ground, maybe using you know, officer-involved shooting, those are potential litigations that go away as well. So this has a huge effect that ends up paying for the systems, and that's what we want the, the agencies to experience in one year, to measure it, test it, and then you tell us this, this device works or doesn't. If it doesn't work, we're happy to take it back. And we know it works. So this is sort of a win-win. So it, it sounds a little altruistic, but we're a business company. We have shareholders to answer to. So we know that in the end, most of the agencies are going to say, I can't live without this technology. All right, so how exactly do the body cameras actually work? Well, they're really interesting. A lot of people, it takes a couple times to explain it because they're, they're uh, a little interesting. When you put on a camera and you sit up in the, the, and with your duty belt and all your gear, you turn the camera on. Now, when you turn that camera on, that doesn't mean you're recording and saving. It just means it's constantly recording video only, no audio. It's waiting for some type of event. So you could go on duty for two hours and not have any interaction with the public. But suddenly I'm driving around, maybe I'm in Texas and Dallas, and I see someone run a red light. I didn't miss that run, red light runner. All I have to do is double-click this huge, large button, which is what you want to have when you're stressed. It's pretty easy to find. You double-click it, which is very similar to opening up a document on a computer. You double-click it. And when you double-click it, that tells that that camera to save the previous 30 seconds of video and to start adding the audio portion. Now, I'll go up to you. I pulled you over maybe in Dallas. I'm nice to you. You're nice to me because we both are being recorded. We keep, we're being more professional. <laughs> and if now, since we're being recorded, and just like I am now, I'm not cursing because I'm being recorded, right? Everybody keeps their tensions down. And the next thing you know, you walk away the warning. I walk away happy. I've done my service. When I see you drive away, that event is over. So now I turn that camera video into a saved event by simply pressing and holding that button for a deliberate five seconds. That tells the camera, save it. It was an event. 
we actually call that the event button. I can go back on duty, and it's back in the buffer mode. So we'll have a series of these videos that you'll upload to the evidence.com cloud securely at the end of the day. All right, so will there be any back orders? Do you think you can meet the actual demand once the word gets out? I think we'll have good demand for this, but we can't really be too predictive. We could get 5,000. We could get five, you know, half a million. But here's the thing. If anybody looked at some of our documents, our financials, we actually built up a lot of inventory, which is sort of unusual for us sometimes. We built up a lot of Axon Body 2s in the fourth quarter for this very reason. Built up the inventory, and now we've been made quite a few recently. And what we're doing is we're making over 500 cameras a day, and we do that seven days a week. So we've got the inventory ready to go. We make a lot, and we can always ramp up production. So we could do tens of thousands in the first 90 days alone if there's a big surge. Wow. So what's, uh, what's driving their use? What's driving their use is if you look at where we're at post-Ferguson, you know, I think we all have this view of policing through videos and movies, and it's changed over the years. And it's sort of cast them in a bad light, and it's really a shame because these are, you know, guys are honorable. It's always been considered an honorable profession. And then Ferguson hit, and we call that FUD, F-U-D, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That's what happened after that because there's no video evidence or audio recordings of what happened. So there was a he said, she said that diversed so wide it was wired in the Grand Canyon. And now you've got people that are so ticked off on one side. Others are like, what are you, you know, you kidding me? The officer did everything right. I mean, all these things are full of tension. And then all of a sudden there's a a riot. Mm. And that was horrendous. Imagine the cost of that, not just the dollar cost. That really hurt law enforcement. And we know that had there been video, there would have been less fear, doubt, and uncertainty. And that's the key here. We're trying to eliminate as much of that FUD and really make an impact in terms of how we can, you know, help police officers out get the best available evidence. You know, these cameras are there to, aren't there to catch the officers doing something wrong. It's there to catch them doing something right, doing their jobs. And sometimes it can be a double-edged sword. Maybe it catches them doing something out of policy. Well, that's not too bad. You can do that for corrective measures. Sometimes it catches officers doing something horrendous, and oftentimes they're let go in those situations. But the bottom line is these cameras, for the most part, have been doing but nothing but clearing these officers on unfounded claims. And that's a, a, a tremendous win for law enforcement to gain trust back in the community, that these claims that are outrageously made are completely disputed simply by having video. Mm. Now, and the- we had a... Yeah, we had a we had a when we announced this is a little sidebar. We when we announced our name change yesterday, the Baltimore police showed up with us and they showed an officer involved shooting that was really crucial to this story. As an example, here we have Baltimore. We all know Baltimore had a riot as well. Mm. There's a radio call that goes out. There's a man that's dangerous felon with an arm. You know, he's running with a gun. Out of nowhere, out of an alley, unsuspectingly, did this officer walk in the beat? This guy runs in front of him aims a gun at the police officer. Foot pursuit, and within seconds, the officer kills the suspect. Social media says it's a white officer, an African-American. Social media says they shot him in the back. Mm. Baltimore command staff went out and did a press conference that says, here's the video. It's real kind of, it's really kind of fuzzy at first, not fuzzy, but blurry because it's a foot chase, and then it comes up pretty crystal clear. Someone's clearly shot. They slow it down a little bit. And then they slow it down frame by frame. And when you did that, you saw this suspect aiming the gun twice at the officer with his finger in the trigger guard on the trigger. Mm. And that quelled and stopped all that dissension immediately. 
goodbye social media saying this is another race riot that we're going to try and do. The officer was, you know, shot the guy in the back. Clearly he did not. That video shows you how important it is to stop those types of events. Now, that's an extreme event, but think of all those other unfounded claims and day-to-day that go by. So the, this is really a, a game changer here in the United States. Wow, you're absolutely right. All right, so um, let's see. Do do you think these are going to require any like IT expertise on the local <laughs> police department level? Well, not really. In fact, they stay. They tend to stay out of this because in the old days it did. You know, you'd have to go in there and say, well, we'd like to use your Internet. We want to upload these videos. We, we have our own docking stations, and as long as they have what we call good pipe, meaning they can upload a lot of data. So that's where we sometimes get involved with the IT, like, hey, we need to get a little bit better service at this substation. You know, your upload speeds aren't too good. Let's get that upgraded. Barring that, it's a pretty hands-off experience for their IT people because all that information is transmitted to the cloud not to their own servers. Wow. And when it goes to the cloud, it's much more secure because we're using Microsoft Azure, which does all the government, con- a lot of the government contracts for some of our biggest secrets. And that way you're getting a tier one security level service. You're keeping the, the information secure and they have billions to spend on security. That's what they do. More than any of the largest departments could ever hope to spend on security. And so we take that and make sure that we meet standards called CGIS standards. We're meeting these very critical FBI standards on how to keep you know, digital evidence. And we're exceeding those in many cases. And we're meeting all these ISO standards. So there's lots of things in play that the IT guy really doesn't have to be involved with really, other than making sure they've got good upload speeds. All right. Now, are there any like events that will trigger the audio that kick in, like a, de- a taser deployed or a gunshot? <laughs> that's a good one there because, you know, some of the criticism that's been facing these body cameras is, oh, sure, the, the officers have their discretion to turn the cameras on and off. The rogue cop is going to turn his camera off and do something nefarious. Well, that's out of policy. One, if you have someone come in and do a complaint, they've been arrested and there's no video, that's not following policy. So all policies dictate any interaction with the public, for the most part, gets recorded, especially a radio call or any use of force. But sometimes, just like that ball Baltimore incident I gave you where the officer got surprised, guess what? He didn't turn that event button on until right after the last trigger pull of his gun. That entire foot chase is silent. That's the buffer mode. He pulled the trigger, shot and killed the suspect, immediately double-clicked his button, audio is added. When they play it back, the previous 30 seconds was there that showed that crucial frame-by-frame situation. Wouldn't that have been nice if maybe he drew his firearm and that turned on the camera a little bit earlier? Sure would have. So what did we do? We invented signal sidearm. We've Mm. got a product coming out next uh, quarter that's going to actively alert all the cameras in the area within 30 feet for 30 seconds that an event is occurring. Wow. We've added that feature to our our smart weapons, our X2 and X26 taser weapons. If you arm one of those weapons and you have one of our signal battery packs, it alerts all the cameras within 30 feet for 30 seconds that a taser's been armed, and if you pull the trigger, it does it again. So anybody that comes into that scene, their cameras are alerted that there's an event going on. And you can do the same thing with your car called Axon Signal. If you turn your lights on, you can program it to do that, your siren. If you program it, if you take the gun out of the gun rack, anything that's got an electronic you know, gating to it, we can have it activate the Axon Signal. And that's really using the technology that's out there to help turn those exigent circumstances in which a camera might have been not turned on. Because keep in mind, officer safety and public safety is paramount. 
and they're not there to be film directors, and some of these videos will be missed. And those are the ones that are going to be really crucial. Well, let's, let's leverage the technology to have these cameras know that something's going on. Wow. Okay. So we're we're on the on the phone talking with uh, Taser, which is now called Axion, and we're talking with Steve Tuttle, the VP Strategic Communications. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Texas weather can change on a dime. Flash flooding is expected to begin shortly. When the weather turns severe, turn to us for what you need to know. On air and online at talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. We're talking all things firearms. Now, here's Michael Cargill. Now it's time for GGN, Global Gun News. Global Gun News, sponsored by Central Texas Gunworks, the largest online gun store in Texas. In the news, mandating gun technology in the state of Arizona. Advancements and concerns over so-called smart gun technology is nothing new. And a lawmaker in Arizona is making an effort to stop the mandatory requirement of smart gun technology before it begins. A Republican senator who supports the bill wants HB 2216 to become law due to a concern that the state or the federal government will institute policies that mandate all guns to have smart technology in some form or fashion. Democratic Senator Steve Farley says this technology holds the promise of potentially stopping the horrible tragedy of a child finding a gun, playing with it, and then killing themselves or others. Another senator also pointed out a recent incident in Phoenix where a two-year-old shot his older brother and made the argument that the smart technology could have saved a life. But the Republican senator argues that the technology is not perfect and could also stop someone from using it to save their own life just when they need it the most. The bill has passed the House and is awaiting the vote from the Senate floor. Japan's armed response team in action. The Japanese government has had a long history of banning firearms from their country, and people have debated the actual statistics on gun murders versus general homicide, a country with almost no firearms. Partially due to the many deaths in Europe and the U.S. from lone gunmen, a specific team of armed law enforcement officers have been formed that are meant to deal with exactly that threat. The armed response team, which would be armed with submachine guns, would be at the forefront of any incident involving firearms, closely followed by the martial arts attack team and then the special assault team. This specific type of group, or one like it, has never been formed in Japan and is supposed to compensate for some deficiencies of the current police force. For example, a gunman last year in Wakayama was able to shoot four people before escaping and hiding in a hotel. When the police force was finally able to storm the building, hours later, their perp was already gone. Have a force that is specifically trained to deal with gunmen might have dealt with the incident earlier and more efficiently. 79-year-old defends his home. In Center Point, Alabama, a senior citizen was tired of being victimized by a group of young criminals. John Croft was in his home when a group of intruders 
started to break into his home, and this wasn't the first time. In the past year alone, Croft has had 13 total home intrusions and was finally done with feeling like a prisoner in his own home. The intruders made their way to the bedroom and the encounter began. I had three bedrooms. I think they checked the other two bedrooms out and then he came over there and he said, don't move. He heard the bed squeaking. I was getting my gun. He said, I said, don't move. And he used that N-word. I shot. Croft never wanted to kill another person. And despite the previous incident, as well as the fear for his life, he had this to say about the intruders. I just hate to meet this mother because this was a teenager. And there's nothing as precious to a mother as a son. And you know what's happening to black boys today. For another black man to have to shoot one, that just doesn't look good. But like I say, I had no choice. He is not facing any charges but does have a minor ankle injury from a gunshot fired by the intruder. One intruder was killed while the others got away and have yet to be captured. Man defends home with an AR-15. A man and his adult son were in their Oklahoma home when three armed men dressed in black and wearing masks attacked the house. As the gang of criminals broke into the house for unknown reasons, a getaway driver waited outside, but the 23-year-old son was more than prepared to take on the force. It happened around 12.30, and by the time the deputies arrived at the scene, all three suspected intruders were dead, two in the home and one in the driveway behind a blue tarp. Two men were home at the time of the break-in, a father and his adult son, both of them uninjured with police saying that words were exchanged between the intruders and the homeowners before shots rang out. The suspects came in contact with the young resident as he was wielding an AR-15. After an exchange of words, gunshots rang out. All three suspects were killed on the scene, and the fourth, who was also the getaway driver, turned herself in later that day. Both of the residents remain unhurt, and the 21-year-old female, who was the fourth accomplice, is being charged with burglary and murder of the three suspects. Sheriff Deputy Nick Mahoney stated that the suspects had no previous relation to the residents. And that is your Global Gun News Report for this week of April 2017. Okay, there are there any affiliated parts uh, that are required, like charging stations or memory cards or any accessories? Well, the accessories do uh, come into play here for one of the for one of these um, cameras here on the axon body side. It's how you're going to magnetically mount that to your body. So we have these varying magnets, uh, magnetic mounts, and they're really strong. And we always warn people: keep your fingers away from them. You'll get a blood blister because they're really strong, and they're meant to come off in a fight if it really got ripped off. Because we don't want them to be used as a type of leverage on an officer, but we want them to stay on a foot chase and some pretty scrappy situations. Now we have another camera called Axon Flex 2, and the reason the word we use flex is we give you the ability to flexibly mount a digital video camera that looks about the size of a lipstick container to your collar, your epaulot, your hat, your helmet, your sunglasses. And it's all done through these really neat magnet mounts. So in some cases, you'll want a few of those because I may want to wear them on my sunglasses, but if I go indoors, I just take off the magnet and attach it to my collar. 
So those could be some accessories in the different mounts that we have. There are docking stations, and for the big air agencies, we have these long, you know, just big docks of, you know, 6 and 12 units. Sometimes we just need single and double bays. So the, we have different types of dock, you know, docking stations uh, that plug into uh, a wall, and they need access to the Internet, and that's it. Wow. Okay, now, is, are there any studies out there? Yes, there are, and they've been continuing ever since that work by the Cambridge University at Rialto. Ever since then, you know, there was a, it was a fairly small study for Rialto. Then agencies started saying, let's do some bigger studies. So we've seen a lot more come out over the last three, four years looking at larger deployments, bigger agencies. And the bottom line is most of them are significant in terms of their use of force changes and also their complaints. Now, we're talking, we're not talking about one or two percent. We're talking in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Those are big numbers. Those are what's getting everybody's attention because it's no longer just anecdotal information. It becomes solid information that these are changing behavior in a good, positive way. Wow, okay. Now, you bought two artificial intelligence R&D companies. What's the play in doing that? Well, the play on that is to leverage artificial intelligence to extrapolate as much data that we're sitting on. And for artificial intelligence to work, it needs a lot of like repeating data, different scenes, lots of videos, not a couple hundred, but thousands and thousands. Well, we have seven petabytes, seven million gigabytes of video data that's inside Evans.com. We can have these algorithms created that could look for certain patterns in these videos. Maybe we note if someone's pulling up videos all the time in which there's a lot of movement, abrupt movement, and shouting, maybe we could train the artificial intelligence to start looking for those. So then all of a sudden when you upload your video, it alerts maybe the commander to say, you may want to take a look at this one scene. There seemed to be a scuffle there. So we want to try and learn from these videos information. And we're also going to apply that, as I mentioned before, on being able to read and transcribe written data like a driver's license. So getting those folks involved is really pretty exciting for us because you know, artificial intelligence, I think, is really going to be the, the big technology that's really going to change things throughout the United States in the next coming five years. Um, Google uses it enormously. They did it for their, their translation, and they scrapped their entire original one and went to where artificial intelligence learned how to translate better. And the translations improved so much quicker, and it learned really fast because there was so much data of all these people trying to transcribe things out on the internet. So that's how the artificial comes, artificial intelligence comes into play here. And again, that's ultimately to leverage that to decrease all that paperwork, as well as we want to start learning all these different things that are in those videos and extrapolate information out of there. And one of those things is, is using it to learn to see where a human body is in a video. Now, that sounds kind of weird, but you have to teach the system to know where a body is, particularly if you're trying to do redaction. So if you're trying to redact a little child's face that may be recorded in a domestic violence situation, for you to go in court, you need to redact that data. Well, the computer can learn to look for those faces because maybe it's a face that's not just oval that's standing there perfectly still, but it's a maybe three-quarter or, th- or a third of a face behind a wall, but it's still a face and could be used to identify somebody. So we have to teach these cameras, what does a face look like? 
And that's some of the things that we're working on right now. Wow. Okay. So we're we're on the on the phone talking with uh, Taser, which is now called Axion, and we're talking with Steve Tuttle, the VP Strategic Communications. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct Three County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. Keep up with the latest breaking news in Austin and around the world. Take a moment to make sure you're following us on Twitter at Talk1370. Let the tweeting begin. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk1370. The right choice. You have made the right choice. Talk1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're on the phone. We're talking with Axon, which is formerly known as Taser. All right, they have some new products out there and, and, and some new technology, and now they're called Axon. So we're talking with Steve Tuttle. He's the VP of Strategic and Communications. All right, so Steve, now you were telling us, we're, let's go a little deeper, a little deeper into uh, Taser, and tell me about Taser, especially after the name change. Well, we've got lots of changes afoot here in terms of all of our logos are changed. Uh, we no longer uh, use the Taser name as the company name, but it's still our core brand. So it's one of our core products. So you've got Taser under now the Axon umbrella. You have the Axon body cameras under that Axon umbrella too, as well as Axon R&D, or AI, which is the research and development side of the artificial intelligence side. We have Axon fleet cameras, so we're getting into the in-car camera business, and we're going to be really disruptive there because our pricing is like ridiculously off the charts at $599 compared to about a five dollars to $10,000 system that goes in there now. So we're getting more and more products out there, and we're also going into the non-sexy side of law enforcement called RMS, and that's Records Management Service, and that is one of the most hated things in all of law enforcement. They're antiquated, they're old, and that's how they keep track of all the paperwork and all the information about cases and computer-aided dispatch. So we're, we're going into that. We have some high-level meetings coming out in, in June here in Phoenix to discuss how are we going to redo this for law enforcement. And, you know, we're always looking for anything that's going to protect life. And that's, that's really what this company's about. It's a very mission-driven business. And Axon, as we say here, we are Axon, and that's what we do here. And it's been a pretty exciting time to see everything change over, and it's not an easy change to take that iconic name out of the vernacular here. You know, just even answering a phone for me has been challenging <laughs> to everybody say, you know, where do you work? I work at Taser. You know, just, it's a big name here in the Valley of the Sun, as we call it here in Phoenix, and uh, we're, we're quite proud of that name. But now you can see everybody's kind of getting behind this Axon idea because we do things – a little differently here at Taser, to say the least, now called Axon. Wow. Now, I'm always a little worried about uh, any technology that goes over wireless. Are you guys concerned about that at all? Well, we do use Wi-Fi, and we do it in a secure fashion as well. So what we do typically is we use the car's Wi-Fi. Uh, we use a brand. Uh, we recommend Cradle Point. It's a great system that's in a lot of police cars today, and that literally is a Wi-Fi server in the back of the car. So that way you're getting connectivity to a secure server there, too. And when you upload our videos, 
we're doing that through a secure manner through the Internet as well. So I know a lot of people have some concerns about the wireless, but there's nothing they could do with that information that's encrypted. And we want to make sure it's safe, so we've done a lot of things to keep it safe. All right, so now let's go a little deeper on Taser itself, on Tasers, uh, Taser weapons, uh-huh. and how do they work? Well, that's my real love, because that's what we started out. In fact, uh, I was one of the original five members that was part of the startup team here, and at night, I used to help make them. So I know these guys pretty well inside and out. It was part of a lot of the design teams as they got better and better. And let me tell you that the first eight years were rocky. We lost money for eight straight years. Uh, our product wasn't super effective. And over the years, what we learned in that first few years was we better make something that's more effective. And when we got into law enforcement, it really wasn't until 1998. And at that point, we knew that the product that we had wasn't good enough. And so we went back to the drawing board with our last $50,000, and we created a device called the M26. Now, that was sort of a proverbial home run for a product. Some people think of Taser, the business, as an overnight success. And here we were losing money for eight years straight. But suddenly, when we came out with this M26, we found that it worked very, very well. Now, keep in mind, there are no magic bullets, and lots of things have to happen for a Taser to work. But when you get a good connection, this thing did its job and then some. Myself, the CEO, Rick Smith, and our chief instructor, Hans Murrow, went around the country and we challenged department studs. I know that sounds silly now to say it, but literally back then, you could go into a police department and say, hey, we got a new weapon we're going to try. You know, do you have a tough guy that could try this? And like, oh, yeah, we're looking for that missing tool in the toolbox. And so we found lots of people that would try and be exposed to this thing. We'd knock them down for five seconds. They'd get back up and recover immediately. And they'd look at us shocked and say, Wow, that thing really worked. You know, I can eat pepper spray all day. It doesn't bother me. You know, I don't like it, but I can fight through it. No one could fight through it when we got a good connection. So that really put us on the map of finally having an intermediate weapon that really was extremely effective, safer than using a baton, so much better than just spraying an ass on somebody's eyes, and now they have to be miserable for the next 45 minutes and be babysat. And then way better than using a canine, because those canine bites actually are pretty expensive when you have someone bit by one. You sometimes have to do payouts for those. (laughs) So we found a much safer alternative. And then we built accountability in our taser weapons. They record the time, date, and duration of every use to corroborate what the officer says in their report. So when we came out of these tasers, it's a pretty exciting time, and that's, uh, that gets the old juices going because that allowed us to go public because there was so much fervor behind that M26, and that allowed us to buy this building that we're in and do all this R&D. And then next thing you know, we came out with a, the X26, 60% smaller and lighter, and now here we are in smart weapons. So we've come a real long way from this clunky analog device to this completely digital device that plugs into evans.com and gets firmware updates and provides all this vast information and now is a dual shot. So it's, it's really made a lot of headway in the last uh, decade. All right, so you have Axion, you have Taser, now you've merged together. It's now just one company, and it's now called Axion, and you've now changed the name on the stock market. And what's, what's the... Uh, your, your code there on, on the stock market. We are AAXN. That's double A X N. 
Nice. And we are on the NASDAQ, and we trade today for the first time under that symbol. We closed out the – we actually had a lot of the executives in New York doing the closing bell at NASDAQ yesterday to say goodbye to the TASR name. That was our former stock name. So we are now officially Axon. Everything is being rebranded as Axon. The only thing that stays the same is that Taser Weapons are still the Taser Weapons. We'll still use you know, that name, you know, it's a it's a very sacrosanct name sacrosanct name around here to say the least. Okay, and I got one question. Someone threw in on me uh, online there. They said, "Do they do you plan on trying to make the tech more automated to take out the human error effects in high stress situations?" Because uh, you said that Baltimore incident, the officer hit the button after the fact. Uh, could could you improve on this, or do they or do you plan to improve on it? We do plan to improve that, and and if you think about it. For a company that saw rapid, you know, adoption of body cameras, and then suddenly everybody loved them at first. You know, not not nobody loved them at first. I take that back. Nobody loved them at first. They thought it was Big Brother. Nobody wanted to put their evidence in the, into the cloud. Nobody even knew what the cloud was back in 2009. It seemed. But then when they really did become embraced, and then suddenly the critics came out and said, "Well, it shouldn't be at the discretion of the officer." It should be the discretion officer. We trust them with the firearm. We should trust them with their with the cameras. But we can use that technology to have these cameras turn on at certain times. Now, the question I think is, are we going to you know leverage that more? Absolutely. You know, the sky is the limit on what we can do on this technology side, it, just by listening to the voice of customer and by listening to critics sometimes too, and say, hey, the critics say this, the customers say that. What's really the meat of what they want done? You know, they they want the cameras to record the crucial situation. So we're doing that. And if we can have these cameras learn to do things on the fly, maybe, can you imagine if maybe these cameras could learn to recognize sounds of help or maybe a, an officer being hit in the car, you know, that would turn on the camera. So lots of things can be done to leverage that technology that we're just really scratching the surface on. Wow. I'll tell you what, Steve, you know, Steve Toto, I want to thank you for coming on the show today and, and just explaining all this to us. I'm very uh, happy for Axon, formerly known as Taser. Very excited of what's new down the road. Uh, and, and you guys, uh, you have a wonderful product out there. And I hope more police departments actually uh, get your cameras. They start using them. We're trying to get our local police department to start using them. And I uh, want, want Houston Police Department to use them. We want Austin Police Department. We want Dallas. We want everyone to use these cameras uh, and, and get this technology out there so we can definitely get rid of all that doubt. Well, the good news is Fort Worth, Dallas, San Antonio already have it. And look out for another major city there. It's coming soon to a theater near you. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you, Steve Tuttle, the VP of Strategic Communications for Axon. It's protect life, protect truth. Thank you, Steve, for joining us today on Come and Talk It. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. All right. And that was Steve Tuttle, the VP of Strategic Communications with Axon. They are now on the stock market as Axon. Uh, they are no longer just called Taser. Taser and Axon's merged together. It's one company, one name, and it's called Axon. As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 